fought as an Avenger. Took on the biggest, ugliest bad guy in the galaxy. I even met a talking tree. I thought I was ready for anything. But then things got really weird. Got blipped out of existence for five years, missed my nephews growing up. So much to catch up on. So this is where you come in. What did I miss? Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Black Nerd himself, Carefree Blurred, if ya, if ya, if ya. <laughs> and today we will be discussing none other than Samuel Thomas Wilson, also known as Falcon. Uh, so welcome back everyone to the show. Use that hashtag CBN pod when you're listening to this episode. Live tweet. Let me know that you're out there. You make this a conversation. Give me your thoughts, opinion, views, premonitions, predictions, and all that good stuff. Uh, today we're going to go over Falcon. The reason being we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming up just what a few days from now. Uh, this Friday the 19th, and coming off of WandaVision, I know there's been a lot of talks about how would this show fare next to WandaVision, but you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for this buddy, buddy cop type of drama series, espionage, and all that good stuff. Uh, use that hashtag if you'd like to email me, duto at carefreeblocknerd.gmail.com. And uh, please be sure to rate and review the show. Give me those five stars. If you're over there on the iTunes or the Apple Podcast, leave a nice little review that I'll then read on air. (laughs) So getting into Falcon. Some specifics for those of you not in the know. Falcon is a Marvel Comics character. Now Falcon was created by Stan Lee and artist Gene Colan in Captain America number 117 back in September of 1969. And he was the first African-American superhero in mainstream comic books. Now Falcon, ah man, Falcon from the MCU, I feel like kind of pales in comparison to the Falcon that is in the comics. And everything can't be a beat for beat, you know, one for one representation. But Jesus, the life that this man has had. So, his first appearance as Falcon was in Captain America 117 in September of 69. Now, his first appearance as Captain America, foreshadowing a bit there, was in all new Captain America number one in November of 2014. So, get into that. So, you know, there's going to be some, some stuff going on. Now, he has an alter ego, which is so weird that they list this as an alter ego. This is just his name. It's Samuel Thomas, especially considering he has a literal alter ego, but we'll get into that as well. He has been affiliated with such teams as, I don't know if you've heard of them, um, Avengers, this little team, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Defenders for a Day, Heroes for Hire, Mighty Avengers, and Avengers Unity Squad, which that sounds very much... Like, he was probably the racial quota. (laughs) He has had partnerships with Captain America and Bucky Barnes. Uh, Notable aliases. Again, so... One of his notable aliases is Snap Wilson. Which, like, if you're going to say alter ego... I don't know. If you know the difference, listeners, between alter ego and then aliases, let me know. Because either I don't understand or... 
the people who classified him don't understand. <laughs> so his aliases are Snap Wilson, Falcon, Blackwing, Blackbird, and Captain America. His abilities are as follows. He is an expert bird trainer. Skilled hand-to-hand -hand combatant, martial artist, aerialist, and acrobat. Which, that's something that I wish that they would focus a bit more on. Again, the, he has been a supporting character for his lifetime in the MCU. But I would like to see Anthony Mackie doing some Robin, what is it, pirouettes and skydives and whatever else. Do some, do some gymnastic stuff. Uh, he also has proficient tactician and strategist. And he has an empathetic and telepathic link with all birds. And we'll get into that as well. He has been, he's dealt with a lot. He's been through a lot. This character, remember the times. He was created in 1969. So some of the things that I would probably usually call out and have issue with. Uh, he was a character of his time. Um, yeah. So getting on to his powers. In his earliest appearances... Wilson exhibits a close bond with his bird, Red Wing, which is confirmed as being a telepathic link by none other than Professor Charles Xavier. This was in Captain America number 174. The Red Skull later reveals that he had used the Cosmic Cube to create a supernormal mental link between Sam Wilson and Red Wing. Falcon later recalled the experience, stating, Hurt like hell, being mentally fused with that Falcon, able to see through his eyes. I don't know where that voice came from. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my Sam Wilson voice. Um, Wilson eventually revealed that he had been able to extend his empathetic link. I'm always cyclically connected with Red Wing, but through concentration, I've recently tapped into another ability. I'm able to link up with other birds. I have over six billion pairs of eyes in the United States alone. <laughs> he used his ability to quickly search New York City when the criminal Scarecrow kidnapped two children as well as uh, to spy on Senator Dale Rusk, and who was actually the Red Skull in disguise, uh, and Henry Peter Gyrick. He is also apparently able to access the memories of birds, which like, okay, I'm mad at you, I guess. And he can see the things that these birds have witnessed in the past. Although birds have a different concept of the passage of time, which makes it kind of difficult for him to know when these things have occurred. And that's interesting. Abilities. Wilson is a skilled hand-to-hand -hand combatant, having been trained in judo and karate by Steve Rogers. Ugh. Wilson is also highly skilled in the use of Captain America's shield, which, okay. Uh, let's get into his uniform. Now, Wilson's original Falcon wing harness uh, featured a detachable jet-powered glider. Those were wings that were made of lightweight titanium ribbing and mylar. Now, the wings were covered with a wafer-thin solar-powered receptors that converted light, sunlight, into electricity to power the miniature high-speed electric turbine fans. Which, to me, this sounds like a whole lot of this was like a Tony Stark type of uniform. Um, the wings detached and retracted into his uniform cybernetically. The harness was destroyed in Captain America and the Falcon number 2 back in 2004. The uniform was made of synthetic stretch fabric lined with a steel alloy mesh. Ooh, yeah, his uniform has been very interesting, and we'll get into that as well. So let's move on to this publication history. Now, for those of you who are Falcon stands from before, I might get some stuff, you know, if you see something, you're like, man, nah, 
this is what really happened or give me some details about something please feel free to do so use that hashtag cbn pod again make this a conversation i'm always down for the uh, collaborative effort when it comes to these characters because again my main purpose is getting these names and these backstories out there so you can see that anthony mackie the falcon he portrays there's a lot more to him it's not just what we've seen on screen uh, speaking of, really quickly, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Mackie plays Sam Wilson, Falcon, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. He has been in Captain America, The Winter Soldier, back in 2014, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man, both in 2015, Captain America Civil War, 2016, Avengers Infinity War, 2018, and Avengers Endgame, 2019. And he, of course, will reprise his role on the Disney Plus series Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 2021. Now, a little bit of publication history. Now, Samuel Thomas Wilson, known as the Falcon, was the first African-American superhero in mainstream comic books. He's created by writer and editor Stan Lee and artist Gene Colan. Uh, he came about when Colan, he recalled this experience back in 2008, excuse me, 2008, not 2018. In the late 1960s, when the news of the Vietnam War and civil rights protests were regular occurrences, and Stan, always wanting to be at the forefront of things, started bringing these headlines into the comics. One of the biggest steps we took in this direction came in Captain America. I enjoyed drawing people of every kind. I drew as many different types of people as I could into the scenes I illustrated. And I loved drawing black people. <laughs> I always found their features in <laughs> I always found their features interesting and so much of their strength spirit and wisdom written on their faces yikes i approached stan as i remember with the idea of introducing an african-american hero and he took to it right away i looked at several african-american magazines and used them as the basis of inspiration for bringing the falcon to life i'll say if nothing else that was a really smart idea and it's something that if i can go on a tangent for a second listeners something that i don't understand why people why well, it doesn't seem like people do that to this day. There are a shit ton of magazines that have exclusively black actors, actresses, images, models on them and in them. The fact that we get so many characters who are supposed to be black, but they look like they're just white characters with brown skin really burns me up. I do not understand how... How are we making these same, and I'm not going to call them mistakes, how are we doing this same intentional uh, bull in 2021? If this man, Colin, can recall from in, in a 2008 conversation, looking to publications with black people to adapt those features mannerisms whatever into this how is that so hard I like <laughs> and then even let's look at color even if you're gonna i don't know just say draw a white character and slap some brown on them the 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 vast variety of brownness that you have from hispanics to black people to even asian people like the 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 array of color how do you still end up whitewashing and lightening all of these brown characters? Uh, is is blackness really that terrifying to you? This is something that is uh, it just it boggles my mind. Like how 
Huh, so, you know, kudos to you, Colin, for doing the bare minimum of what you should have done. And this ain't no dig at him. It's a dig at the rest of the, uh, whatever. So he did all that. Now, Falcon was introduced uh, as an unarmed former resident of New York City's Harlem neighborhood. He had adopted a wild falcon. Like, how do you... I know this was a different time, but this black man in Harlem with a pet falcon? <laughs> this is, I'm all for it. So he adopted a wild falcon he trained and named Red Wing. His own name, Sam Wilson, was not given until page five of the following issue. When a group of men on an island in the tropics, and that's quotation marks, y'all can't see me doing them, but the tropics, because it's like very unspecified, uh, wanted uh, a hunting falcon, Wilson answered the ad, only to discover that the self-dubbed exiles were former Nazis. <laughs> what? They were former Nazis in league with the supervillain Red Skull. Now Sam escaped but remained on the island to organize the natives to confront the exiles, who had turned them into serfs. At the urging of Steve Rogers, whom he later learned was Captain America, Sam Wilson took on the costume identity of the Falcon and underwent training with Rogers in order to better inspire the villagers and lead the fight. And uh, this, ah, oh, man, this is interesting. This really is. It, it feels, it feels like black exploitation. Um... And it's probably just me knowing that he was created in 69 or first appeared in 69 and the type of story that this is. But can you imagine how interesting that would be to have that um, that origin shown in live action? Like to see Anthony Mackie go through this? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, through most of the 1970s, the Falcon and Captain America were a team in New York City. And the series was covered, uh, it was billed as Captain America and the Falcon from issues 134 to 192 and from 194 to 222. That was in February of 71 to June of 1978. Though still copyrighted as Captain America in issue 186, back in June of 1975, writer Steve Englehart retcon certain aspects of Falcon's past. Now this is where you get into the comic book, comic-y creative team mess of it all so he did that and originally sam was depicted as a former social worker motivated by the desire to better the lives of the inner city youth falcon was revealed as a mob connected thug whose memories were altered by the reality warping cosmic cube which is like god damn okay i'm i guess i'm with it i'm with it now the falcon briefly joined the superhero team the defenders he appeared in a few issues from uh, number 62 to 64. That was from August to October of 78. And he was a member of the Avengers from issues 183 to 194. So that's May of 1979 to April of 1980. During this time, he also starred in a solo adventure in the issue number 49 of the tryout series Marvel Premiere. However, the story was not a tryout for a Falcon series, but an intended full-in issue of Captain America, which was shuffled into the Marvel premiere when the editors objected to having an issue of Captain America with someone other than Captain America as the star, which that could very well be true, but that reads kind of, ain't gonna be no black boy in my Captain America book. That's <laughs> what it sounds like to me. Woo, okay. 
Now, he started his own four-issue miniseries back in 1983, written by Jim Oswald. Uh, the first issue was illustrated by Paul Smith and the final three by Mark Bright. The series revealed that the Falcon was a mutant. Although this development was later retconned in the Avengers 2001 annual. And that's something else that kind of like, I don't know, it kind of frustrates me because him being a mutant. Oh, who else was there? was a black woman who was a mutant but was retconned as well. And I can't recall. But like, think of the adventures he could have had. Well, oh, I can't even say that because if you ain't on the A-team, the old school, old, old mutants club... You ain't getting no shine, but I feel like as a mutant, I don't know. I don't know. Listeners, let me know what you think. Do you feel that with the state of Marvel Comics, Falcon would have done better? He would have fared better being a mutant and being written into those storylines versus just like an enhanced human part of the Avengers? Uh, keep in mind, of course, you could be a mutant on the Avengers, but just overall, do you think that Falcon would have been better? as a mutant for his career or be, or do you think he's done better as a non-mutant enhanced human yeah i'll probably put a poll up uh on twitter with this question because that's that's something i like to get you guys' thoughts on now after regularly appearing in captain america volume 2 back in november of 1996 to 1997 uh, November of 1997, the Falcon rejoined the Avengers in the Avengers Volume 3, Number 1, in February of 98. This time, he remained with the team, becoming one of its most prominent members by issue number 57, October of 2002. Concurrently, he was also a supporting character in Captain America Volume 3 and 4. This was from January of 98 to February of 20, uh, 2002, and June of 2002 to December of 2004. The Falcon next appeared in the short-lived Captain America and the Falcon series in 2004 and 2005. After the events of the storyline, Avengers disassembled when the Scarlet Witch temporarily restored his criminal personality, which is like, uh, I feel like I, I remember that. I remember reading that. Uh, the Falcon became a supporting character in Captain America Volume 5 in January 2005 to July of 2009. The Falcon continued to play a significant role in the series after it returned to its original numbering, beginning with Captain America number 600 in August of 2009. Now, Falcon was a member of the Avengers in 2012 the, in the Marvel Now relaunch. Uh, on July 16th of 2014, Marvel Comics announced that Sam Wilson would relinquish the mantle of Falcon and would become the new Captain America, succeeding Steve Rogers in the role. An ongoing series starring Sam Wilson as Captain America launched in October of 2015 as a part of the Marvel's post-Secret Wars relaunch, written by Nick Spencer and Daniel Acuna. Now, Wilson temporarily returns to the role of Captain America in the 2017 miniseries Marvel Generations. Wilson resumed the identity of Falcon in a series written by Rodney Barnes that debuted in late 2017, the character's first solo series since 1983. And that has been the Falcon episode. No, just <laughs> so this is interesting. So with this knowledge, uh, I believe Bucky has also been Captain America for a time. And I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. Uh, regardless of the fantastical nature of WandaVision, if we're going to buckle down and focus solely on this espionage buddy comedy or buddy drama, whatever it is, 
these are two characters who have both been Captain America before in the comics. And looking at their presence in the MCU, it would be interesting to see who lands or who who the title ultimately falls to as Captain America. And I would imagine it would be Anthony Mackie, one, for the diversity of it all, and two, because he hasn't had an extensive or as, or as, how am I saying words, an important or as important role as Bucky has had in the MCU. And if we're looking exclusively at the MCU, Bucky has seemed to be a bit more pivotal, a bit more important, hold a little bit more significance, and have his own, you know, thing going on. So it would serve them well to make him Captain America. But at this point, you know, I'm just going to let Marvel do what they do as if they needed my permission and see what comes, how we come out on the other side. Cause I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. What do you guys think? Um, they'll probably share the mantle for a while. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you right now, this Falcon and Winter Soldier is very much giving me homoerotic, uh, broke back Falcon vibes or something. Cause they, I don't know, fam, but that's another conversation for another day. Now let's move on to his fictional character history. Now this is a doozy. So Samuel Thomas Wilson was born in Harlem, New York to Paul Wilson, a prominent preacher or minister rather and Darlene Wilson. Now Sam was a happy child and he found his natural affinity for birds quite early. Uh, he takes up training pigeons, which is, you know, what you do, and has the largest pigeon coop in Harlem. So, you know, my boy was starting off excellence, black excellence, <laughs> with them damn pigeons. Now, in his teens, however, encounters with racism would leave him jaded. When Sam was 16, he refused to join the church, believing his deeply religious parents to be ignorant for their faith. Now, this is another interesting idea, and I like this, and I'll, I'll have a follow-up to what, what their reaction is, but just for a second, I'd like to stay here. Um, in the black community, when you see a black character on TV, more times than not, they're going to be religious, they're going to be Christian, they're going to have these deeply held beliefs and if they're not like their family unit would be that's usually how you how it is so the fact that that he was he was written in a way where he had a um change of heart for lack of a better term with religion and with his parents that is so interesting because a lot of people, you know, when you go off away from your family unit and you're like in college or you move to another state or city or you meet an influx of new different people who think differently, a lot of times that can cause you to question some of your own beliefs. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. You're learning. Even if you ultimately find out, no, that wasn't for me. I do want to be religious or I do want to you know, be a factory worker or whatever then, you know, that's fine. But I just like this idea that this black character and the first of his kind having this sort of complex backstory where it's not just, oh, happy religious kid gets mugged, you know, turns to God and is like, you know what? I'm going to be a superhero. Like, it's 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 layers. So I really, really appreciate that about the character. Now, in response to this and to Sam's surprise, Rather than putting up a fight, his parents provided him with books on a lot of different religions and different theologies that were, you know, different from theirs. So the next night, 
Sam's father was killed trying to break up a neighborhood fight. Now, originally, Paul, his dad, was said to have been killed when Sam was nine years old, not 16. So there's a kind of a difference there. But two years after that, his mother, oh, Darlene, was shot and killed by a mugger about a block from their apartment. Consumed by grief and angry at the world, Sam turns his back on his past as a respected community volunteer. He moves to Los Angeles and creates a new persona, Snap Wilson, a professional criminal and gang member. Now that's where I'm like, whoa, (laughs) we took a hard left. This is the anti-Batman. Like your parents are murdered and you go fully. (laughs) First of all, you move to a whole nother coast, become a crime lord. I don't know. And then what about your two siblings? What about them? You just let them. (laughs) I don't know. So he does that. (laughs) As you do. And while Snap is on his way to a big score in Rio de Janeiro, his plane crashes on Exile Island. Now, years later, Sam would say that I actually love this place quite a bit. It's where I met my two best friends, referring to Captain America and Red Wing, which I don't know. Y'all, it might be just me, but this this portrayal of (laughs) him, Captain America being like one of his best friends and he's the... Buddy of this good old, you know, American. I don't. It just, this seems so odd to me. Like, <laughs> but it is what it is. Now, let's. Um. So yeah, he's referred to Captain America and Red Wing the Falcon. Now, the once peaceful island had been taken over by the Exiles, a group of would-be world conquerors, who had collaborated with the Nazi supervillain the Red Skull during World War Two. They had been betrayed by the Red Skull and were forced to remain in hiding on the island, enslaving the natives, which again, like, ah, hoo-wee, hoo-wee, enslaving the natives. All right, so, (coughs) excuse me, so enslaving the natives. Now, uh, Sam finds and befriends the Red Wing, the Falcon, with which he feels a remarkably strong bond. Again, this is, he should have just been a mutant. He should have just been a mutant. Now, let's go into Becoming Falcon. Now, as part of his plot against Captain America, the Red Skull uses the Cosmic Cube, a creation that allows its user to alter reality, to mentally fuse Wilson with Red Wing, creating a supernormal mental link that would, with time and concentration, give Sam broad powers over all birds. Which, okay, that's cool. Um, You could have put a little bit more thought in this, but I guess I'll take it. That's that's interesting. Now, next, Red Skull uses the cube to rewrite the past and erase the years that Sam has spent angrily living as Snap Wilson. Now, that's an interesting retcon there. Um, in this new history, Wilson was an upright and cheerful social worker who was eventually lured, 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 lured to the Exiles Island and organizes the natives to fight for their freedom. Uh, Captain America befriends him there and then convinces Sam to adopt the persona to inspire the natives in their rebellion. The two of them create the costume persona, the Falcon, and train together extensively before attacking and defeating the Exiles and the Red Skull. Now, this isn't a Captain America issue, but I want to know, what the hell was Steve doing in that island? Like, I'm sure there's a legitimate explanation, but it's like... 
Sam did this, and then he ended up on this island, and then he became friends with Steve Rogers. Like, what were you doing here, Steve? Were you hunting down the Red Skull, and this is where it brought you? Were you vacationing? <laughs> if you guys have the answers, please tweet me, CBN Pod, and let me know. Or put the answer in the comments. Alrighty. Now... <laughs> <laughs> now, after they create this Falcon and they train, the Falcon becomes Captain America's regular partner in crime. Very much a Robin to his Batman? Or is it like an equal partner? Briefly even takes on the Captain American costume and identity when Rogers is believed to have been killed. Now, later on as the Falcon, Sam receives help from the Black Panther, the Black Panther who creates a harness for Wilson. This allows him to fly. Now, when Steve briefly abandons his Captain American identity, other people attempt to take up the mantle, which I like that side note. Like in comics, when someone with a certain mantle like disappears or dies and other people like all of these copies of that person pops up. I love that because it's such a silly, like even if it's a drama or a serious story, it's still like, what are you doing? <laughs> you are not this person. So, yeah. So comic writers out there, I like that. So, so all these people started popping up as these fake Captain Americas, uh, one of which was a young guy named Roscoe. Hmm. He was a person who Falcon mentored. Now, the Red Skull eventually kills Roscoe because, of course, you can't have nice things with the Nazis around. So, Steve again becomes Captain America. And it's like, God damn, like you could have, mm, I don't know. But rest in peace, Roscoe. Now, afterwards, Red Skull reveals the Falcon's true past as Snap Wilson and tries to uh, use the Cosmic Cube to make the Falcon kill Captain America. That don't work. Of course, it doesn't work. Now that Sam is aware of his past, he decides to continue as a hero. The Falcon is eventually named head of the Super Agents at the Espionage Agency Shield. And that, see, I think that is such an amazing arc. Like, if we did not, that we're every, every Marvel series is going to be you know, WandaVision, but I just like, if we could get that origin story and have it in a TV form and not movie, like to see this man in Harlem dealing with his pigeons, loving birds, little black boy joy with his religious parents, then, you know, dealing with his issues as it pertains to religion, being given these other options, and then like, going full-on anti-Batman, moving to L.A. It's like that. I want to see that. After his mother is killed, I want to see this transition from, what is it, a little, was he 19 or 16, 19-year-old boy, man, boy, whatever, going off to a whole other coast and just becoming a crime lord. <laughs> and then ended up on an island. Like So, I don't know, y'all. I just find this hilarious, and I would love to see this played out. Um, yeah. So he became the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, U.S. government superhero liaison Henry Peter Gyrick, glass, he then recruits Sam, one of the few active black superheroes, to, and I quote, fill a mandated racial quota for the vulnerable team, the Avengers. What? Diversity hire? Token? Like, Sam was understandably resentful of being a token, so the Falcon quits at the first opportunity. He debuts a new costume when he fights the supervillain Taskmaster. Which, cool, Sam, you didn't deserve that shit. And Gyrick, fuck you, ugly. <laughs> so, moving on to the uh, early 2000s. 
Now, Falcon becomes a member of the new team of Avengers assembled to fight the international menace Scorpio. As a United Nations peacekeeping agency, by this point, Falcon had discovered that he could extend his telepathic bond with Red Wing, allowing him to control other birds and see through their eyes. He uses this ability to spy on Henry Gyrick. Uh, now, at this point, uh, Henry was the li liaison to the Avengers with the United Nations. Um, Sam discovers that the United States Secretary of Defense, Dale Rusk, had been pressure pursuing gee, words, uh, words, <laughs> had been pressuring Gyrick to spy on the Avengers and to turn over their secrets. So this is this is just silly. So he spies on Henry finds out that Dale Rusk has been pressuring Henry to turn over Avengers secrets. And so instead of Henry just like bringing this up to the Avengers so that they could like just fake it or like help him out, he, <laughs> he doesn't do that. Oh, that is so silly. So although initially hostile to one another, Sam convinces Henry to help the Avengers spy on Rusk instead. So he's a double agent now feeding him very false information while gathering more evidence to expose Rusk. Which again, you should have done that to begin with, Henry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so they discovered that Rusk is actually none other than Red Skull. Like, we saw that coming. And uh, he had launched a biological weapon and he attacked the United States, intending to use this ensuing panic to gain control over America's government and start a war with other countries. Now, Sam is very instrumental in defeating the Red Skull, as he should be. Like, this man has been his own personal Mr. Sinister since he was on Exile Island. Like, fuck out of here. Now, it's around this time that the new Captain America, secretly created by the Office of Naval Intelligence, otherwise known as ONI, O-N-I, goes rogue and begins eliminating anything and anyone he sees as a source of terrorism. So, to draw out this agent... People call him the anti-cap. To draw out the Oni agent, um, Oni leaks information about their involvement in a biological weapons project with the notorious Rivas family. Powerful Cuban drug lords. <laughs> Reporter and social activist, and I'm going to, I think I'm going to mess this up. Leila, 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 Leila Taylor investigates this rumor and attempts to smuggle a sample of the virus into America, but she is, of course, arrested by the U.S. forces in Cuba. Now, Sam, who's a friend of Taylor, now I don't know what type of friend, but a friend of Taylor, breaks her out of prison and investigates her claims, destroying the Rivas family's biological weapons lab and obtaining a sample of the mysterious virus that they were developing for Oni. Sam is able to fly Leila, Leila, it's probably Leila, back to America, although his flying harness was destroyed in the hurricane, which is like, how are you flying? I don't, you know what? Again, he should have just been a mutant. Just make him a mutant with the ability to fly and we would be okay. <laughs> so he flies her back to America while Captain America follows Sam's directions and retrieves the virus sample. Uh, the anti-cap kills the head of the Rivas family and pursues Layla, Falcon, and Steve. Intent on obtaining the virus sample, which... <sighs> I'm sure there's a COVID joke in there somewhere, which it's nothing to joke about, but like, ah, life imitating art. Jeez. Now, after returning, Falcon and Captain America are able to barely, just barely, defeat the anti-cap. 
they realize that Oni's goal was to draw out their rogue agent and to execute him. Captain America arranges to have the anti-Cap secretly imprisoned in the Wakandan embassy until Oni agrees not to kill him. Which, I get things are comics, and I get like, but just, okay, just kill him, man. Everybody does not, I don't know, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that likes villains, so let me... Maybe I'm not the risk one for this conversation. <laughs> now, since Captain America now, excuse me, Captain America and Falcon both now possess Oni's rogue agent and the last remaining sample of Oni's virus, Oni begins to put increasing amounts of pressure on the heroes. Sam is especially targeted. This black man. He had broken Layla. Layla? Hmm, I don't know why I can't get this woman's name right. I'm sure it's Layla. He had broken Layla out of a federal custody. And his criminal history makes it easy for Oni to create further false charges against him. Again, this may seem like just a simple storyline, but I mean, look at the material. Look at the, the receipts. Whenever somebody was... Whenever a black person is killed by the police, what is the first thing that you see on TV? Well, he stole a pack of gum at 12 years old. He definitely deserved to have his head shot up. Like, it's... Ah, uh, man. Like... Comics and books and just video games and stuff is supposed to be like an escape from reality. But my God, if reality isn't always in our face to be black and alive. Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, and the laugh is just out of frustration, y'all. It's comical at this point. Now, Sam soon finds himself on the run from Oni. <sighs> Meanwhile, the superheroine none other than the Scarlet Witch, having gone insane, begins using her powers to recreate many of the Avengers' greatest trials and tragedies. She destabilizes Sam's mind, causing him to act increasingly like his Snap persona. So she just resort, re reverted him back to Snap, like against his will. Like, well, we, know, we know she good for that. He begins carrying a gun, keeping secrets from his friends, assaults Layla's boyfriend Norman when he protests that they go into hiding, uh, and he uses a high-powered rifle to shoot his friend, Robbie Robertson. <laughs> what? You have a gun. Why did you use that? <laughs> okay, that's not funny. Um, he shoots the high-powered rifle to shoot his friend, Robbie Robertson, to fool Robbie into thinking Oni was threatening to kill him. Although they succeeded in exposing the illegal activities of Oni and Clear Wilson's name, Sam's methods cause his relationship with Captain America to become strained, which is like hold. You know, never mind. I'll, I'll I'll keep I'll hold on to that. Now, um, Captain America confronts Falcon about his recent actions, and Falcon, angered at what he sees as an ultimatum, terminates their partnership. While they're walking away, Norman, who blames Falcon for the end of his relationship with Layla, appears and shoots at Falcon, which. Girl, okay. Captain America is seriously injured by the stray bullets and even appears to die. The shock of watching his best friend seemingly die because of his actions has a powerful effect on Sam, who briefly gives up being Falcon and re-examines his life. What? First of all, fuck you, Captain America. You are not the be-all, end-all on how to solve a problem. And if this man was doing these things because you're controlled by the Scarlet Witch and she's reverted you back to Snap... Like, I feel like a lot of this stuff is easily explainable. Like, it's, I don't know, it's, is it me? 
Because I would have definitely been like, all right, Steve, well, fuck you then. Like, we don't have to be friends. Do what you do. I'll protect Harlem and you protect the rest of New York. Like, let's let's just do that. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't care. Weirdo. And oh, now I have to re-examine my life because my actions have... No, not your actions. Norman shot you. These are Norman's actions. No, like, what do you... How, what is... Logic, people. Like, what is... <laughs> Man. Now, Sam uh, Wilson appears as the Falcon in 2005, House of M storyline, and in the 2006-2007 Civil War storyline. Uh, he supports Captain America against the Superhuman, words again, Superhuman Registration Act. When the Captain becomes incapacitated, which, ugh, so what, Falcon temporarily assumes the leadership of the Secret Avengers. This is a rebel group, of course. Now, following Captain America's assassination by the machinations of the Red Skull, which because he so just killed the Red Skull, you want to imprison everybody, kill him. The Falcon registers with the government and is made responsible for Harlem. Although he continues to maintain contact with the underground New Avengers, he is also called upon to investigate the Captain's assassination by locating Winter Soldier and tracking down the Red Skull. Man, some parts of Sam Wilson's history I like, but others I'm like, God damn, can this man get a, wow, can we get him away from his toxic boyfriend, Captain America, shit. Now, Sam, Sam appears in the 2010 Shadowlands storyline as Falcon, after which he becomes an operative in the new incarnation of Heroes for Hire. In the, uh, there's a book, of course, named Heroes for Hire. He's in there. Now, later, he appears as the 2012 Avengers vs. X-Men storyline, helping She-Hulk and several other Avengers contain the students at the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning, which I read that, and, and first of all, fuck them. And that's another thing. Like, when you have these characters who are black, and black people do not exist in the vacuum, we're not all the same. I get that. We're not a monolith. But when you have these heroes who are black, and they're surrounded around whiteness all the time, that's it. It's like... How do you, and this may just be me projecting, but how do you as a black person running with the Avengers look at the mutants and all of the shit that has happened to them throughout the entirety of the mutants' presence in Marvel Comics and then side with the Avengers like, oh, you motherfuckers got to pay. Like, that's like... They have been some of the most unprotected citizens in the Marvel Universe, having to fend for themselves for decades. And then you go to, like, how do you find yourself on the side of the Avengers at all of this? Like, I just feel like that is a silly, that's silly to me. I don't know. Listeners, let me know what you think. Do you think, <laughs> this might be another poll, but do you think, that it is weird. Like, how? where would you fall as a black person listening or even a person of color or a marginalized person throughout history? And then you see Avengers versus X-Men and you're like, nah, these, these mutants, lock them up. And even if, like, the end goal is to have folks registered, have, you know, tabs on whatever... Like, the way in which, the, I don't know, man, something about just, like, wrangling up these kids and having this all-out war feels very genocidal to me, <laughs> especially when 
there are so many superpowered people in the Marvel Universe who are not mutants, not classified as mutants, never were, and they're just running around doing what the fuck ever. Like, let's not forget things, very waspy, fantastic forward billionaires in their Baxter building that's like 632 stories high. It's just like, you have so many people in comics who also have these powers or, or are as much of a threat as you think mutants are. So I don't know, man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm like, this is silly. So moving on. Um, as part of the 2012 to 2015 Marvel Now. Now, uh, Marvel La- the Marvel Now relaunch, that's when I actually got back into comics because I, I stepped away from comics for a while. Long-time listeners, you would have remembered me discussing this, and it may have been about maybe a little over 10 years, maybe even a little bit more than that. No, probably about 10 years. And I came back, and I was like, what the hell is going on? I didn't know what was going on. But I remember Marvel Now. I remember seeing that new branding, and that was, uh, I guess, kind of my own um, benchmark of like, okay, now we're getting into this. So Marvel Now was where I came back into comics. So as a part of that Marvel Now relaunch, Sam joins the Avengers after Iron Man and Captain America choose to expand the team's lineup. After Captain America is aged into an old man, he appoints Wilson as his official replacement as Captain America. Another reason why I think they're going to ultimately fall with Anthony Mackie. I think I think they're going to have him be the the ultimate new Captain America. So uh, yeah, he gave him his he he appointed him as his official replacement. Now, if y'all thought we were done with the Red Skull. I'm sorry, we are not, because this motherfucker won't die. Now, during a confrontation with the Red Skull's daughter, <laughs> Sin, it is revealed that the Snap identity was a fake memory implanted into Sam by the Red Skull in an attempt to discredit the hero through racism. Okay, so I kind of get it, but then again, no. Because if if we're going to retcon, like, I get retcons, I get the point, I... I I get on intellectually what's going on, but to me it makes no sense to then go back and retcon this snap persona as being implanted memories of racism when that could just be a part of this character and a part of his history. Also, it doesn't make sense when just not too long ago, the snap persona's actions were used to slander him like it, like it, I feel like you you can't have. So did you erase the history of the snap persona with this retcon from everyone's memory? Like I don't know something. It just I don't know. It just that seems that seems pointless. It's almost like they're trying to build Sam up to be this very perfect character who doesn't have this complicated past. But for what is it? Because you felt like some of his earlier. Um, adventures or appearances were rooted in some type of racism, like because that that's this is where I'm kind of, and you guys let me know what you think, but this is where I'm I'm a little off, for lack of a better term. This is this is something that's like why even address this? Why why retcon this at all? I don't know. So as part of the 2015 all new all different Marvel initiative. <laughs> Captain America investigates the disappearance of a Mexican teenager 
Joaquin Torres. Uh, after he was abducted by the Sons of the Serpent, Riverdale much? <laughs> after fighting Armadillo and capturing the leader of the hate group, Captain America discovered that Joaquin was being used in the experiments of Carl Malice, who turned Joaquin into a bird-human hybrid, using Captain America's pet bird, Red Wing. Now, when I... I guess I should have mentioned that. When I say Captain America, we're talking about uh, Sam Wilson at this point. Um, so, yeah. So, that was odd that they would... <laughs> like, Joaquin didn't deserve this. So, they used uh, Red Wing's body, DNA. Now, when Carl Malice was defeated, Captain America Sam Wilson took Joaquin in. When it's discovered that Joaquin's bird-human hybrid condition wasn't temporary, Captain America learned from Clear Temple that Joaquin's condition was permanent due to Red Wing being vampiric and <laughs> and sporting a healing factor. Why is Red Wing vampiric? Why is this bird? <laughs> Why, y'all? Okay, so that happened. <laughs> So when Captain America was captured by the Serpent Society and thrown out the window by Viper, he was saved by Joaquin, using his link with Red Wing. Now, Captain America telepathically sent Joaquin the knowledge on how to fight, where he'd held his own until Misty Knight and Demolition Man showed up. After the Serpent Society was defeated, Captain America allowed Joaquin to become his sidekick, enabling him to become the new Falcon. So that's his, his own personal Robin. Now, during the 2016 Avengers standoff, Avengers have some of the weirdest <laughs> names, fam. Storyline, uh, Stam, Stam, Sam, after defeating the Green Skull, is contracted by Whisperer. This is an alias of Rick Jones. After meeting Whisperer, he learns that S.H.I.E.L.D. never discarded the COVID project as he thought they did. Dun, dun, dun. He meets with Steve Rogers, where they follow a lead toy town in Connecticut and are later picked up by S.H.I.E.L.D. He then meets the Winter Soldier and rescued S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Avril Kincaid from the Blood Brothers, who informs him of a super weapon hidden in the town that Baron Zemo and other villains are looking for. Now, I wonder if this will be some of the, um, if some of the events of Falcon and Winter Soldier will be pulled from this run and this story, this Avengers standoff. Uh, I'm not well-versed in Avengers lore and history, and I've not really stands of those characters. So, listeners, if you guys have any ideas or any thoughts, let me know, because at the time of this recording, I have not looked up anything but the, I think, the Marvel Legends uh, episodes on Disney+, Plus. a few of the videos that were released of the series there was a trailer kind of super trailer but or teaser trailer of the series that released as well but it didn't really talk uh too much about the series it was just those two lovers i mean falcon and winter soldier <laughs> sitting at like an interrogation table so if you do have any idea let me know hit me up on twitter carefree blurt cbn pod so baron zemo that weirdo uh, so they inform of the uh, super weapon hidden in the town that Baron Zemo and other villains are looking for. They then head to the bowling alley where Corbett uses her powers to restore Steve Rogers to his prime. When he, <laughs> like, girl, why did you just do, okay, to his prime when he was about to be killed by crossbones. They began looking for Corbett again only to discover that Baron Zemo had fixed her, invented a device that would help find Corbett 
as Craven the Hunter rallies the villains to help with their goals. Upon not being able to successfully locate Corbett, Steve Rogers decides to rally the heroes so that they can take the fight to Baron Zemo. Bars. In the aftermath of the incident, Steve and Sam plan to keep what happened at Pleasant Hill under wraps at the time being. After the standoff storyline, Sam begins to face public pressure to return the shield and mantle to Captain America, to Steve, as does Maria Hill for the consequence of her actions on Pleasant Hill. He and Steve then begin to secretly plan for a way to get Maria to face her crimes publicly. During a press conference, Sam encounters the mercenary Chance, who was about to kill Steve in the middle of his speech. Now, after defeating him, Stan receives a hero's welcome when Steve announces him to the public as Captain America. While getting arrested, Chance tells Sam that he was on Pleasant Hill and that he didn't agree with the hero's actions. Like, who come back to bite you in the ass, I see. Now, during the 2016 Civil War II storyline, which, why did we have a... Uh, uh, Captain America attends War Machine's funeral where he delivers an inspirational speech. He then has his private conversations with Iron Man and Captain Marvel over which side he should choose. Months later, Sam watches a TV broadcast about a new warrior, I'm sorry, a former new warrior, Rage, engaging in a fight with the AmeriCorps, a private police force funded by the Keen Industries in Brooklyn. Now, intending to stop the fight, Wilson, along with Red Wing and Falcon, try to contain the situation. Now, Sam manages to stop the fight, although <laughs> not without fighting the AmeriCorps, uh, which he knew that the media would portray him negatively, which again, what is the point of erasing Snap if no matter what this man does, he's never good enough for the public? He, even as Captain America, they do not see him as Captain America. He is still getting uh, uh, bullied by the media, dragged through the dirt. No matter what he does, why even address the snap thing? Why? Whew. So as Sam leaves, he is attacked from behind by a U.S. agent. This motherfucker, so U.S. agent for those is, is John Walker. Um, his ugly ass. So <laughs> by U.S. agent. Now after a brief argument, Captain America and U.S. Agent begin to fight. U.S. Agent gained the upper hand until Sam drags him into a tunnel where the darkness and the great horned owls reside. They allowed him to win that fight. Good for you, Sam. Now, after defeating U.S. Agent and receiving an argument from Rage, Wilson returns to his headquarters. This is where he decides to put a tiny implant in his brain that will enhance his ability to see what birds see, which... Again, just make him a mutant and just give him a secondary mutation. Like, this is a lot. Why wouldn't you do this, Sam? <laughs> this enables him to transmit to them in data storage. Like, uh, that converts them into images and videos. He decides to further investigate the AmeriCorps to find proof of their violent activities. Now, all of this technique, techie, rugamaru, hullabaloo, like, Nightwing and Falcon... They should have teamed up and did some stuff. The Black Nightwing. Um, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> Black folks in comics. Now, while accompanying Steve Rogers on a mission to stop Flag Smasher, which, what kind of name is that, from leaking America's nuclear launch codes, Wilson fails to save a senator from being shot by the villain. 
further compromising his current public image. Again, why? What is this? What is this? This is revealed to have been deliberately staged by Steve Rogers, who has been converted to believe he was a Hydra sleeper agent since childhood. Using his greater familiarity with the shield, Rogers deliberately put Sam in a position where he would be unable to use the shield to save the senator. Who? With the final goal of demoralizing Sam to the point where he would return the shield to Rogers of his own free will. <sighs> Captain America did not want to kill Wilson and risk creating a martyr. Man, this, the optics, y'all, just terrible. Terrible. And there's a lot more things that go on, and I'm just like, but at this point, just know that Sam Wilson has had a very complicated, layered history that could be fleshed out in live action. Um, or shit, it could not. It could just not, and they could do whatever they're going to do at Marvel. But if you're going to focus on this man and have him potentially take the shield, then, you know, give us a little bit of this fun little backstory. You know, uh, let get the people what they want. Now, I don't know, man. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Falcon? What are your thoughts on Sam Wilson? Uh, what I've just given you from the comics, as well as his uh, appearances in the MCU. You know, which one do you think is greater? And there's no right or wrong answers. I'm just interested to see what you guys think. Um, some of the... the I do kind of like his... Though I'm not too fond of him and Captain America and this weird relationship they have. This idea of him and Red Skull going at it, I don't need it for as many times as they've done it, but I do like this idea that they have this kind of personal history that would make a killing of Red Skull, Red Skull more satisfying at his hands, to me. Um, the Snap Wilson stuff, I like that. I actually like that <coughs> because it gives me that Jessica Jones uh, Netflix series kind of feel where you're getting a snapshot of someone's life. You're getting this, just assume that we had like a 13 episode series just of the Snap Wilson persona. So we go into it with the death of the parents and we come out of it with him leaving his Snap persona. Like I would like to see that knowing that he will eventually become uh, Falcon and then Captain America. You don't have to do all of the superhero of it all just do a nice little drama about that i don't know that's just me so give me your thoughts do you think that the mcu sam wilson is better do you like the comic book history a little bit better would you like to see them combined you know would you even like to see a a, a series on this which you know we'll get what marvel gives us but even still um what else so anthony mackie so with the success of wandavision and then coming up on Falcon and Winter Soldier. So there's been a lot of talks, and I've 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 said this as well that oh I don't know how you know Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to hold up after Wandavision, and I think that is the case. But at the same time, I think for what Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be, it's more than likely going to be really good. Wanda was the crazy cosmic magical out there wild ride, and that worked. And I think that. With the week between shows, hopefully it'll kind of reset everyone to be able to better receive Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I'm just hoping they do this show right. 
I love true crime. I love spy stuff. I love espionage. I love all of that. And that feels like what we're going to get in this series. Um, I just, I want to see Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Shaw, Stan, Sebastian Shaw, Lord, Sebastian Stan, doing they, they thug thizzle. Like, <laughs> thug thizzle, how old am I? So, no, no. But, again, after the success of WandaVision, I feel like if Marvel knocks it out of the park with this series as well, and it doesn't have to be over-the-top, dramatic, Oscar-worthy, whatever, but I think if done right, they're, they're, they're batting a 1,000 at this point. Uh, what are your thoughts? Are you excited for the Falcon and Winter Winter Soldier, Winter Lover, Winter whatever they are, um, or not? And just kind of as a heads up, I will be reviewing the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So those of you listening, please be sure to catch me over there on YouTube, on Carefree Black Nerd YouTube, as well as BYNK Radio's YouTube channels. And, um, you know, join the conversation. So it'll be at 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern on Friday. I'm going to go over that first episode. Then I'll make my decision if I want to proceed. But I'm really interested to see what they're going to give us, considering we just had nine episodes of, like, off-the-wall, bonkers stuff. <laughs> and if you do want to check out my WandaVision, no, excuse me, my I had a WandaVision of love. And it was more than you giving to me. If you want to check that review, I will have a link to the playlist in the show notes. Uh, and just go over there and check me on YouTube, Carefree Black Nerd. That'll be in the show notes as well. So, uh, I'll ask again my first, my initial question. Do you think that Sam Wilson Falcon should have been a mutant? Or are you fine with him being a superpowered non-mutant? I myself am a little biased, but I'm going to go mutant. I think he probably would have fared better being a mutant, but I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is. So, guys, thank you all for listening to this episode of Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. Uh, If you want to hit me up on Twitter, the most immediate way to get in touch with me is carefreeblurred. Use that hashtag CBNPod when you're listening to this episode, when you're listening to any subsequent episode of the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. If you'd like to email me, send that email at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. You may have a little bit more thoughts you don't want to be shown on the timeline. That's cool. And please be on the lookout for new shows I have coming up. Some shows I have in the past. I've been dropping some heat. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So check that out. And if you have any ideas on characters you would like to hear about, um, don't think I've done that before. Just uh, let me know. Send me an email. Let me know. Hey, you got to look at such and such. Well, I like this character or whatever. I'm open to that. So until next time, you wonderful, fair weather, foul friends, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and hold tight to that telepathic link with your vampiric falcon hunting pet. <laughs> All right, y'all. These guys use brute force. They're strong. Too strong. And they might be a part of the big three. What big three? Androids, aliens, and wizards. That's not a thing. That, that's definitely a thing. No, it's not. There are no wizards. Dr. Strange is a sorcerer. A sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. What's going on in that cyborg brain of yours? You don't want to know. Oh, yeah, I can see it working. Gears turning. Oh, they're malfunctioning. They're on fire. God, I hate you.